Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenin. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, so we hear that his plan precedes provision. And so his plan, what he has for your life, comes before, precedes the provision. So you have to go out first and go out with the plan and then that provision, the money or whatever it is, the things you need, the people you need, the whatever comes after you've started the walk in the plan. So that can be something. <laughs> Especially when things don't look how they are supposed to look to you. He's called you to do something and, and you know, how many times you know, but God, but God, what about this? But God, what about that? But what God about this? And sometimes we get into re thinking about it. Okay, so he told me this. Okay, so it should look like, and then you you spend all your time in your mind thinking about it, what it's going to look like, and you get all these ideas and all these pathways. But there's only one way it's going to look like. It's gonna, <laughs> and you might as well, you know, instead of thinking about it, talk to him, the one who actually knows what it's all going to look like, instead of living in your what if mind. <laughs> it will help you. <laughs> Like, why, you know, why waste our time? I spent a lot of my time worrying and crying and being sad. When God's provision was there, I just had to walk. And I could have been happier. And I could have been joyful. But I chose how I felt. We choose how we feel and how we go through. And just like how um, Bethany was talking about how, you know, Healing can be instant. Healing can be a long-term. You know, believing for your spouse might not happen for when you think it should happen. And uh, it might be a long way off like it was for me. But then when it happened, I was like, this is great. This is wonderful. Why was I, why was I worried? Why was I, why, why, you know? And then thank you, God, for what you prepared for me. It's worth the wait. God has something for you. It's always worth the wait. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you get it quick, and that's great. <laughs> Bless God, some things come quick, but some things take a little bit of waiting, and it's always worth the wait. Yeah, hallelujah. So, like I said before, are you glad this all over? Like Christmas, you're like, oh, phew, that's done. And the check, now the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> some of you got more Christmas, more things going on. And um, I, in our jobs, we have like sometimes we have some different cycles that go through. I like in my job, I'm like I have the first term, then I have the second term, I have the third term, and it's kind of it's kind of regular. It's you know it's really regular, but then I have my my little different ones that make it not regular. I, I teach kindergarten, and so <laughs> at the end of this term, I'm just like. I could deal with no hitting today. I could really deal with no hitting today. That would really bless me if there was no hitting today because there was hitting every day and lots of it. So we have to talk about it and sit down. Okay, why, why did you hit? Oh, they did that. Oh, but they did, it was an accident. They really didn't do that. We're like, oh, oh, it was an, oh. Okay, let's say sorry do the appropriate apologies, and then we move on, and then there's someone else, or the, or the same people. You know? <laughs> and that was a lot, and it, it, got, it got a little bit monotonous, so I was just like, I was just, I just got to make it till the end of the term. I just got to make it till the end of the term. But this is a signal to me that I'm not, something's not right. When you're, and you're like, thank God that's over. Well, guess what? There's going to be something else that's coming out that you're going to be, thank God, that's over. It's, there's always something more. There's always something next. There's always something. But God's word tells us in Timothy, and I'm not going to read it, but it says, be, preach the word, be instant in season and out. So be instant, like always ready. Not, and always be like on. 
And you can't always be on in the flesh, but you can always be on in the spirit. And so a signal to me is like, oh, oh, that's done. I no more are thinking about that. Close that book. That's over. I didn't handle that well. I didn't end it well. And I last, my last term of last year, like at the end of, in June, I, it went really well. I was like, things were going along. Things were great. And I, and I, God was like showing me what to do, when to do it. And I wasn't like overly, overly stressed or anything. Cause you know, there's like, when you're working with people, you can tell when they're overly stressed. You can tell when it's not going well or they have a lot of work to do. They're not exactly settled. But I was like, this God, you're, I, I got it now. I got it. I get, I can walk through this, not be frazzled, not be stressed. Because the workload changes throughout the year. Like, like your workload, you know, or whatever you're doing, your life or what's going on, maybe family, children, it's not all regular sometimes, but there's some things that come up. But you don't have to be unstable. You can be instant in season and out. If you're standing on the rock, you're not wobbling, even in any storm. The storm comes. It's, all, it's hitting that house. That house is there on the rock. It's getting wet. The house is getting wet on the rock. The wind is touching that house on the rock. It's not, it didn't say it's on a rock in a bubble. It's on a rock. It's on the rock and there's things happening around it. But inside is dry. Inside it's not falling down. It's not falling apart. It's all good. It's all great. And you can be instant in season and out. No matter if there's snow outside. No matter what it's like. And God shows us things, and he shows us what to do, and he helps us. And if he's showing us what to do, he's helping us, we shouldn't have that, thank God it's over peace. And that's starting to tell me that the world is taking over in some respects. And now God, Jesus tells us we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in it. But this world peace is important. Important enough to die for. Jesus died for it. For God so loved the world, John 3.16. He loves the world. He loved the world to give his life for it. So it must be somewhat important. And we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And God tells us to go to the world. The world is actually our assignment. It's our primary assignment. Let's go to John 17. We're going to do some jumping around. And John 17, 9. I'm actually going to read on my phone because I can increase the font size. <laughs> and it's bright and I can see it. <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> here it's just like you know usually when I'm like at home I'm like a little bit closer but it just doesn't look that attractive if I was always like this <laughs> hallelujah praise the Lord so in John 17 9 we're going to jump around a bit but um, this is Jesus and he's praying and so when I think about Jesus and praying I think Jesus has faith. His prayers come to pass. Did you know he's always making intercessions for you in heaven, even right now? I think he's got some, you've got like, at the very least, Jesus praying some very faithful prayers for you wherever you are. <laughs> and not only that, you can ask a prayer request and you can have people here at Celebration Life Church praying for you, like testimony. One of our persons in our congregation, granddaughter, two and a half, go into the hospital with COVID, pray, and she's out. The next day, was it the next day? These things don't touch us or people or the people that we're associated with. It's sickness under Jesus, what Jesus did. 
under the name of Jesus. So Jesus is praying. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given to me, for they are thine. Are you Jesus's? That means it says, and he's talking to the Father, so you belong to the Father. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given to me, for they are thine. We're given to Jesus. He bought us. He loves us. And we're his, and we're his, the the Father's. And all mine are thine. And all thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. We are glorified. We are glorified. Jesus is glorified in us. Hallelujah. Wrong thing. He is glorified in us. Like when you go do something, God shows you to go do something, and it goes well. God was with you. Do you remember when God told you to go do something, and it went well? You're like, wow, look at what God did. That's so amazing. Wow, look, he healed that little girl no longer in the hospital. Wow. Glorified. Jesus is glorified in us. And now I am nowhere, uh, no more in the world. He was going to be going pretty quick. He was, this was just, just after this, pretty quick, gone from the world. But these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through my, thine own name those which thou hast given to me, that they may be, be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. None of them is lost. We're found. We're not lost. We're in the right place. We're where we're supposed to be. Not lost. We're found. We're found in him. But the son of perdition, Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. Fulfilled joy in you. Would you say that you have fulfilled joy now? Hmm. When things are not going so right. Ooh, fulfilled joy. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. So fulfilled joy when things are not going right. That's a little indication that you're not, you've disconnected. That that joy has stopped because you're like focusing on your own thing, focusing on the problem, focusing on the storm. Because joy fulfilled means not just a little bit, not just enough to get you by, but all the way fulfilled, full. Like, I just think, you know, when you have something that's full or you're filling a glass of water and it gets full, you get kind of excited when it starts to overflow and you get up and you start to wipe around because it's so much. It's exciting when you have joy overflowing. I have given them the wor- thy word and the world hates them. And so we, we come to Christmas And we get sad when our family doesn't treat us right or they say the wrong thing or, well, the wrong thing in our mind, which is probably the wrong thing. But to them, if they're saying it, they think that's okay. They think that's right. That's who they are. They're just being who they are. They're just being the world. They're just being, they they don't know Jesus, so they're going to act like they don't know Jesus. And we get so surprised when they they don't act like we act. And then also, too, we get surprised when other believers don't act how we act, too. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> but hated them. Some people don't like you. And, it's, and you know what? Some family doesn't like you. And at the holiday season, we get together because we, there's, some, uh, there's an obligation to get together. You know, with the family that you don't like, Ari was I was l- l- chuckling over over uh, over a uh, a story that he read on Facebook about a, a, about how this family was the the brother was like I'm not going to their house because they're not vaccinated, 
And then everyone was like, well, we're, we had a fun Christmas. <laughs> they weren't there, you know. <laughs> we had a fun Christmas. But there's lots of ideas out there. But God has a way to get to people. And if we relate to people how God would relate to people, it would go differently. Because it says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what are we giving when we're loving the world? We're giving Jesus. And like I said before, we're not shoving him down people's throats. Amen. You know, he tastes good. So, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't like dessert either if it was shoved down my throat. <laughs> I want to enjoy it. See the, how pretty it looks. Like, oh, look at that beautiful cake, you know. Oh, it looks so beautiful. And then we take our time to cut it. And then we take the little bites and eat it. We don't have to, you know, stuff the cake in people's face <laughs> and then say, enjoy it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, like, uh, do you, tr yeah, it is, a, it is a sad picture. It's a sad picture, but that some people have done. And we do sometimes in how we act or relate to other people. Jesus wasn't weird. He wasn't stuffing himself down people's face. He, like, went and did what he was supposed to do and said, follow me. And so those people that wanted to followed him. He also had a crowd of people following him looking for wrong things, but they were following to look and, look and watch. <laughs> he didn't have to drag them along. He didn't have to drag them to church. <laughs> I have given them thy word, and the world hates them. So there's something powerful about the, wor the, the word of God. It does something, and it can create a about it. People just like, they hear the word, and then it rubs them wrong. But it's because they're doing wrong, and it rubs them wrong. And we have to stop, just keep on pounding, but show them the way of freedom. That there's a way out that we don't, like, I don't feel guilty about what I've done. I don't feel regret about what I've done. I don't feel the hurt anymore. Amen. When Shalane was talking a couple of weeks ago about God healing her heart, he healed my mind and memories, Amen. taking away hurtful things that people said because the world hates Jesus. I don't have to do anything on myself. They hate Jesus enough. And those words can hurt. But God heals. I've heard what his word says about me. And it's so much more than what other people say about me. And it is who I am, not what the world says I am. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Jesus is not of this world. We are not of this world. We're from a whole new level. And I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. What? What? He's not praying to take you out. You need to be here. This is what you're here for. The world, you're supposed to be here. Jesus is not praying to take you out. So you stop praying that. Jesus, take me home. I don't want to deal with this anymore. That's not what Jesus prayed. I wonder whose prayer is going to, hmm, hmm. Sometimes you go. Sometimes people go. But Jesus prayed that we wouldn't be taken out of this world because there's people that need to hear about him. And there's people that you need to tell about Jesus that I don't even know. I'll never even meet. But you'll meet them. I won't meet them. And I can't be everywhere. But Jesus can be everywhere. The Holy Spirit's in you. You're, and you're out there. And Jesus is with you. And you can reach the world that I cannot reach. And that's kind of sad if we're praying, take me home, Jesus. Because then you're saying, take me home, Jesus. What about those people in the world that we need to reach? I pray not that thou should, this is in verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Jesus is praying here. 
to keep you from evil, that you're safe, that you're protected. The Amplified says the evil one. And if you look, but if you also look it up in, um, in the Strongs, it says, like, keep you from hurtful things. The, the evil effects in this world, the things that are happening, the things that are getting stirred up in the media, you kept from that. Sickness and disease, mischief, malice, people purposely doing hurtful things towards you in your workplace. You're like, people are like, like going against you. Not going to happen. It can't happen. You are protected, kept from evil. The devil, sinners, people that are doing bad and evil and grievous harm. Lewd, I like that word. Lewd and malicious and wicked things. Protected. You're protected that you're kept from those things. They are not of the world, even as I'm, I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And that's part of what you know, if you know that. That you're clean. That you're sanctified. There's no dirty bit in you. You can stand, and you can stand boldly in that place and testify how Jesus healed you, how Jesus found you, how he loved you, how he kept you out and kept you safe, how he's helping you, how he's healed your mind, how he's healed your body, how he's healed your heart, all those things kept out of the world. And there's more space for more. Anyone who wants to join. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them into the world. We are here. We have that, the plan precedes provision. All our plan, every single plan, will link up with this. It will link up with this plan of being sent into the world. So the world, we've heard the world hates us. Things happen. So it's not going to be rosy and golden the whole time. With work, there's work. Things don't always go well. There's bumps along the road. But they don't have to bother us. Amen. They don't have to keep us. We don't have to dwell on them. We can dwell on something different. We can dwell on being sanctified, being clean, being made holy. And we don't have to prove we're right. He proves that we're right. And we get hurt sometimes, and we go home and we cry. And, I, and I'll make silly of it, because, but I've done it too. <laughs> God, you don't know what they did to me. Because, you know, he wasn't there. But, oh, God, they hurt me. And we heard that this morning, like, about hurt in our heart. But that hurt is yours for however long you want it. You want to keep it, it's yours. Or we can lay it at the feet of Jesus. And then also not pick it up again and keep, you know, coming to him, laying it down. And then, okay, God, I feel the relief now. I'm just taking my burden with me and go. And, and then we feel bad again when we leave. And then, <sighs> mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And just in and out, in and out, when it can be over with. Like there's hurts that are over with for me. That when they happened, I had those so hurt cries with him. And I don't have them anymore. I don't have, they, I don't remember anything about them. And then I don't get, go, go and dig them up either. And now what was that they did? Let me check my journal. <laughs> What exactly happened? Because that's real, your interpretation of what happened. <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> We're sanctified. We don't go back under that garbage. Neither I pray for these alone, but them also, which shall believe on me through their word. People. Let's, I'm going to read that again. This is so exciting. 
you're both the people in this situation. You're both. Neither I pray for these alone, but them which also shall believe on me through their word. Do you remember who told you about Jesus? At their word, you believed. And there's someone at your word, someone else is going to believe. At your word, they're going to believe. Are you expecting? Are you expecting that? We need to expect that. Instead of, Jesus, 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 what you're doing is wrong. That's bad. No, no, don't do that. Jesus loves you. Why would you do that? Blah, blah, blah. No, instead of that, sharing about Jesus. And sometimes this requires being truthful and honest with people and not saying that it's always good. The rain comes, falls down on that house. But people see when that house is still standing. People see when those houses aren't standing in those tornadoes. Everyone looks and watches, rushes in to help. And many people rush in to help the people that built on the sand. And they do it wrong. It's like sandy people helping sandy people. And we're there. You can say, instead of go over in the sand, say, come up on the rock. Stop going to the sand. Trying to drag them out of the sand. They like the sand. Why don't you show them what it's like to have no sand in your house? Let alone, like, no sand in your bathing suit. Like, (laughs) it's not good. (laughs) It's not good anywhere. It's like when you try to sweep it up, it's just always there. And then you open up your suitcase and you're like, whoosh! And it still stays. Don't go in that sand. (laughs) Say, come up here on the rock where it's not sandy. (laughs) I have lots of images today, let me tell you. (laughs) But neither I pray for these alone but them which also shall believe on me through their word. People will believe on you through your word. You just keep on doing what you're supposed to do. Keep on going forward. Someone's hearing your word. Stop focusing on the hated people who are hating you because there's someone hearing your words. There's someone that's hearing your words. Stop focusing on the people that are reacting wrong. And focus, where are they? Because usually they're the quiet types that are thinking about it. They're thinking about it. They're, hmm, hmm. You've got them. Those are the ones you got. And be smart. (laughs) Say, Jesus, (laughs) what do I do? (laughs) That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. That's what they're going to know. They know our love by one another. Part of that love is we're solid together. When people come here, people are, like, ministers are blessed when they come here. And like, what, Dr. Lairdon said, oh, you guys must spend a lot of time together. Not really. I mean, I enjoy my time spent with them, Is it as much as I'd like? Probably not. I'd like some more. But, you know, I have to go out and be in the world. (laughs) But we like one another. When you're following after what Jesus says and doing what he says, you know, we're one. And we like you. And it goes well. We don't have to, like, have a lot of conversations about how things should go. Because I'm hearing what God says. Everyone else is hearing what God says. And we just go forward, and the provision's there. And we just do that. God is so good. When you do what he says, it links up and is knit with what other people are doing. There have been so many times when I've been told to get something, but not by by the Lord. So go do this. Go get this. And it blesses someone else. 
or it's needed. There was a hole missing, and then, then that was there because I heard what God said. And it's so nice to be get together and one with other people who are also hearing and blessed by that. Like Christmas is a, such an opportunity to bless other people. And it just becomes like this drudgery, oh, to be with so-and-so. Instead of, fo- like, instead of the focus of, I'm going to bless someone. Maybe not just like, you know, with a gift, but bless someone with loving company. Bless Jesus that some people really need because they don't have it. And just like, you know, blessing my nieces. And they're just so happy. And then I learn, like, you know, what's this color reveal Barbie thing? And I, and I learn about these things, spending time with them. And you just, that's where they're at. And I don't say, this is above me. I'm there, wow, it changed colors. That's so amazing. Oh, that's so cool. It really was. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't have to manufacture in my awe and excitement about it. But together, blessing people just and, and just loving them. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, God doesn't say that's so above me. He's overjoyed when you're overjoyed. He's excited when you're excited. He's so happy when you're so happy. He wants to rejoice with you. Praise the Lord. And the glory which thou givest me, I give them, that they may be one even as we are one. Sometimes I think we overthink what this oneness looks like. But I think it's just being happy together in him. Everyone doing what they're supposed to do, and we're happy together in him. And we're just doing what we're supposed to do. That's what we're here doing, is we're doing what we're supposed to do. But the great thing is, is there's open spots. You can come join. Maybe it's not here, maybe it's somewhere else. But join them. I joked before about you being alone and and being weird. But you being alone is not receiving the love. And you being alone is not giving the love. We need to be together. I in I in them, and they thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. We're perfect together. We're perfect in him. Does that make you squirm when you say that, that you're perfect? Like, oh, oh. But not really. You didn't see what I said to that. So it was my mom yesterday, and, and I was just like, ah. <laughs> or you didn't see what I did to the coworker. Ah. But we are perfect in him. Not because of what you did, but because of what he did, Jesus. That they know uh, uh, that I may be perfect in one. That the world may know that thou hast sent me. And thou hast loved them, and thou hast loved me, as thou hast loved me. That love, so clearly evident, they'll know, the world will know of God by our love for one another. And we can only know that really together, being together, preferring one over another. Father, I will also that they would, um, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have I known that thou hast sent me. Have, these have known that I have sent me, you have sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be, also, may be in them, and I in them. You have that love to give. That love is in you, because he is in you. That same love that loved the world, that gave Jesus 
is in you. It's in you. And it's recognizable. And you can show forth it to this world. We're protected. We're showing that love. I just wanted to go to Mark 6 and 9. Sixteen, sorry, Mark sixteen. Now I really love the um, story of the um, the men the, on the road to the Emmaus. I think it's just such. A lovely story. And you think, why did God go to them? Or why, you know, Mary Magdalene, the first person that gets to see God alive, Jesus, risen from the dead. Pretty neat privileges that we get to see in here. So exciting. So wonderful. But I, I, I was reading in here and I'm like, oh. Let's see what it says in Mark 16, 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that they had been, uh, that they, that had been with him, that they had mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had, seen, had been seen of her, they believed not. Mary Magdalene. I've seen Jesus. What does she do? She runs to the disciples. Wouldn't you want, like, you know, I, if I had seen Jesus, I would go running to the people who knew him best. And I would go say, hey, guess what I saw? Because this is really exciting. He was dead, but now he's alive. And so they ran and they believed not. And I find it so interesting that they had so many conversations about, yay, in a little while we'll see you. And, and, and what does that mean, Jesus? You're going you're gonna to be gone and then you're going to be here? What's that mean? And, and they have conversations. Jesus told them what was going to happen. And here is Mary Magdalene with eye evidence proof that she saw Jesus alive and they didn't believe. So, and, and like, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that, he appeared, Jesus appeared in the, another form unto t the two of them as they walked and were into, into the country. And they went and told unto the residue, and neither believed they them. What's going on? They just camped out at Sorrow Central. And you've got people coming and saying, hey, he's not dead, he's alive. He said that he was going to be alive. He said, after the third day, I'm going to rise again. They're not waiting at the grave or anything. What are they doing? Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. So they're sitting down, having lunch. And Jesus upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Have you ever been not by someone who got in trouble and you were just so glad that you weren't that person? <laughs> That's how I felt when I read this. <laughs> I was like, I'm just so glad, Jesus, that I wasn't that, that you... Here... The people that knew him the most, that spent the most time with him, that heard what he was going to do, that he was going to be a little while, and then he was going to be back again. They heard all this, that he was going to rise from the dead. And then you have eyewitnesses come and say, and they still didn't believe what had happened. And, he, and, and God, Jesus said that they would all forsake him. Here we have the forsaking. But they just stepped back into the world and stayed there. So they get in trouble. 
because they, <laughs> they didn't believe other people that were working with them that would not lie because they knew what to do, what was right. I mean, like, I know that people at Celebration Life Church wouldn't lie to me if they said they saw Jesus. It would be as if I saw Jesus because I would believe it. Just like when they come and so you hear a testimony. You know what happens with Pastor Neil and his, at his work. It happened. I can witness and rejoice in it just as it happened. And I believe that it happened because we tell the truth. And so th- these people told the truth and they had actually really wonderful experiences. And yet they didn't believe. And so he gets them in trouble. And then he says unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Are you online? Do you believe in Jesus? Let's see some signs. Let's see some signs. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak it with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Praise the Lord. And this is not like a charge to go out and find a scorpion and see what happens. There's people out there that do that, like foolishly. But where we go, Jesus prayed. Evil cannot touch us. They shall take up serpents. If they drink deadly things, if you go touch something in the grocery store, it's not going to hurt you. (laughs) If you go out and breathe somewhere, it's not going to hurt you. It can't hurt you. God's word said it. Do you believe it? Are you going to be like the disciples in doubt when they come running and say Jesus is alive? I go, can't be. Why would that be? I'm like, oh, what an opportunity missed. But anyway, they shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. There's nothing in this world that can harm you. Settle that in your heart. Because that's what we see when you see the church freaking out or doing how, how they respond or there's other people freaking out. They haven't settled in their heart what God, God said. Like I've settled it in my heart. And I know there's more to settle in my heart. But praise the Lord. <laughs> I know that nothing shall harm me. I'm going to get th- through this world I'm going to drive home on snowy streets. Never mind the fact that Calvary drives in snowy streets for a lot longer than we do. And we'll survive. I will survive as I go out and go forth. With the plan, there is provision. And part of that provision is protection. And we've heard before that the safest place to be is in God's plan. If God's plan says to go to the most dangerous place in the world, it's safer there than here. Where he says to go, that's the safest place to be. And know that no deadly thing shall hurt you. Nothing can harm you. But also, lay hands on the sick, and they shall be recovered. And it doesn't say in here, after Sunday service, after the preached word, when you come up and get hands laid on to you by by a pastor, then you'll be healed. It doesn't say that. If you're a believer, you can lay hands on people. And they're not going to get COVID. (sighs) Praise the Lord. You'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So after the Lord had spoke unto them, he was received up into the heavens. Well, I'm glad they saw this, because this is something that they could believe, that he went up in the heavens and sat at the right hand of God. And then you better believe that they went forth and they preached everywhere, and the Lord working in them and confirming word, this sign's following. 
Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That you don't need Jesus to go floating up into the sky to do what he says. That you, when you hear someone who you know is a believer and they say something, to believe them at their word and to trust that he did what they said he did and not doubt. And then to just get up and go and do what he said. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Not, don't be worried about deadly things. Just go. Just go. So where is God telling you to just go? I see some people here that just God to church. They just go to church. What has God told you to do? Let's not get talked out of what God has told you to do. This morning when we were singing, um, God showed me that some people have had, they know, they, they, they've got the peace that, that God showed them. But they've been reasoning in their mind about what it's supposed to look like. And they stopped looking to God, but are looking at what they think it should look like and supposed to look like. And they're missing the peace that's right in front of them because it doesn't look how they think it should look. Stop thinking. Stop thinking about what it's supposed to look like. It's not from God. Go back to that word and trust what the Holy Spirit says. And part of the reason is because you don't want to do what he's saying to do. But if you'll just let it go and let the pride go, that it should look this way, but I'm going to look funny. It's not going to look right. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm going to pray for us now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those people that are hearing, everyone who's hearing my voice. I thank you, Lord, that we're your sheep. We hear your voice. And another we do not follow. And that other we don't follow is the self-voice. I thank you, Father, that we die to ourself. I thank you, Lord, that it doesn't matter how foolish it may be. I thank you that we do what you say. And I thank you, Father, that pride is just dropping away. And I thank you, that we do it how you want it to look, not how we want it to look. And I thank you, Father, that we see those people that are quietly contemplating what we have said. They have heard. And I thank you for that seed that's on the inside of them. There are people that you've invited to church for years they're coming next year. There's people in your workplace that you've talked to for years and it didn't seem it didn't seem like they were hearing. But they heard. I thank you, Lord, like just as the healing can be quick and can be long. I thank you for those long sharing of you that we, they meet you fully at last. I thank you that this is the year 2022 for those people that have heard for years coming into the kingdom. No more. No more delay. I thank you, Lord, that those hearts are just ready, and we're ready. We're ready with the white, right words to say to them.
I thank you that we hear your voice. We respond quickly. That your words come forth out of our mouth and minister to the people. And I thank you, Father, that we're laying hands on the sick in our workplaces. And they're going to be recovering in the workplaces. And they're going to be recovering in the grocery stores. They're going to be recovering on the sidewalk, just in the middle of nowhere. But it's not the middle of nowhere for you, Lord. It's a point of healing. It's a moment of deliverance. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that your people are breaking forth, showing your glory to those that they meet in the road, that those that they meet at work, even in families where you thought it was hopeless, let hope live again. Let hope live again. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. And for the people here at Celebration Life Church, I thank you that you're showing them where they fit. And I thank you, Father, for the love that's here, that's evident. And I thank you, Lord, that we are that light on the hill, that light on the hill. And I thank you, Lord, for all those gifts that we gave, those meals that we gave, that they have more impact than you'll ever know. I thank you, Lord, that you magnify that impact. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, looking with anticipation to the new year. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What you're going to do in everyone's lives next year. Thank you, Lord. What you've done this year. Oh, that you kept us from evil. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your protection. Oh, that it's always been there. That your provision is over there where we're supposed to go. I thank you, Lord, for the new words and the new revelation in this new year. And for the new people that are going to be attending here. Oh, I thank you for that miraculous way that you make us one. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1. 